You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Grump is a good time to be alive, and it's a good time to be me. I uh, just returned back to the Big Apple from an extended trip down to Florida to see my my Gators beat L- uh, Auburn, and more importantly for right now, see my Tampa Bay Rays climb back from a 2-0 hole against Houston. So I am unpacking, repacking, heading to New Orleans tomorrow for Florida LSU, Game 5 for the Rays. A potential battle with you Yankee fans out there. I'm exhausted, but we are going to soldier on because this is what we do and this is why we live. Yeah, and uh, you should follow all of his baseball antics if if uh, the upcoming game is a wash. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, actually, <laughs> at the Cranky Fan. All you Yankee fans out there, I'm coming for you. So I know that we have a lot of crossover fans that are Giant fans and are Yankee fans. And if you listen to this show, you know where I stand. So I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with you and maybe, hopefully, meeting up at uh, dugout before a Yankee Rays game. So, yeah, and if you uh, follow me, I'll be wasting my time watching Giants Patriots. I'm at football <laughs> underscore grump. Um, and that segues perfectly into what today's podcast is going to be, which of course can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc. You know where. Yeah. Um. So Giants. For you listening, tonight are playing Thursday, 8.30 or 8.20, one of those two, um, in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. We should subtitle this Walking to the Gallows because we are about an 18, 19 point underdog. And based upon this roster and this injury report and this short turnaround time and in Foxborough against this defense, this may be one of the biggest beatings we've seen in a very long time, and we're prepared for it. It, We flagged this game as being one of the worst things you could hope for at the beginning <laughs> of the year, assuming that we had a full roster. But just with the, the short turnaround, the fact that it's away, and the fact that it's against the Patriots is such an unlucky grouping yeah. of, uh, you know... Th- variables to have collected together. So we were we were petrified even with Eli playing. We thought this would be disgusting. Let's just face it. Let's be real here and let's let's just talk about what our expectations are. Let's just say we had a full roster. Expectation would be my best hope is that we can make it competitive. Would have been my mm-hmm. my absolute, you know, if if we lost by 7 I'd be okay with it. I'm like, you know what? We really fought the Patriots there. We gave them room for their money. I can work with that. You know, it's sad that that's where we are, but, you know. Now, here, here's our injury report. Officially ruled out is Saquon Barkley, probably the best player on the team. High ankle sprain. Still not quite ready. They're probably looking at... He probably, if this were a playoff game, do you think Barkley plays... Uh, playoff game, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where we're at. I, he can do stuff. Why bother, though? 
give him the long week to rest. Um, Wayne Gallman, concussion. He's not playing. Wouldn't play regardless. Same thing with Sterling Shepard. And Evan Ingram apparently has a knee issue. He ran some routes today in some individual drills, and it didn't look pretty. He had a wrap on. Um, give him the long week to rest, too. He probably, if if he were to play in a playoff game, would not be much of a factor, I would think. So what you're saying is our four best offensive players are out. Well, I would say that Golden Tate is above Wayne Gallman, but yes. Okay, fine. But. <laughs> just about, just about the four best offensive. Okay, players. great. Three of our, four of our five best players are out. <laughs> That's go. more comforting. At running back, you were looking at a tandem of Eli Penny and uh, John Hilleman. Uh Less than ideal. At tight end, we're looking at Rhett Ellison and Garrett Dickerson. And wide receiver, not not terrible. Uh, we're looking at Golden Tate, Cody Latimer, and Darius Slayton, which is not actually the worst it's been all year. No, no. And I think we, it's a good time to address something that uh, we'd mentioned on the, the previous show, and I, I had a, a conversation with someone on Twitter about it today. The How come we're so stupid and we didn't get a running back this week? And the answer is a lot you know, simpler than people think. It's we are not going to do anything to this roster to impact any long-term effects to pick up somebody for two weeks or three weeks. You know, and that might mean any combination of picking up salary or losing some guy from this current roster that has more value maybe later this year, maybe next year. You know, the, the simple fact is that we have our top two running backs out. They are not long-term injuries. Uh, Gallman might be a little longer actually than, uh, Saquon Barkley, but we just have to deal with it right now. We are not at risk of losing a playoff spot because of this. You know, we're going to suck anyway. And, you know, we're not going to, you know, take somebody off the roster to bring somebody in for a couple of weeks, somebody that might be a piece that we're developing or anything. So, you know, we're, we're just not going to do that right now. And, People think, well, it, this, now this brings up the why do we still have three quarterbacks? And which we said last week, you know, I really think Alex Tanney has a future value on this team, and not a present one, as potentially our you know, our backup next year. So I understand the frustration when you're seeing an obvious hole right now it's caused by serious debt. This team was not built with this deficiency at running back. We're just having a bad run of luck with, you know, the top two running backs being out right now. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're saying everybody's stupid and a moron and we're unprepared for this season. This well, the other plan. thing is is to consider what this injury report would look like if this game were on a Sunday or a Monday. That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, we might be looking at Barkley being active. It's possible. There's a chance that Gallman passes a concussion protocol in time to play. You know, we... we you know, it's it's to sign a guy for such an intermittent thing, an intermittent, intermittent, small period of time uh, in the middle of a rebuilding season is is such a waste of money and and, and everybody's time really. This isn't baseball where you can just send a pitcher not using down to the minors for ten days, and you know there's no salary cap, so who cares? Are, are implications to every move you make in the NFL. And also, there aren't any starting running backs just, you know, 
growing on a tree somewhere we can just pick from. I want somebody to tell me a legitimate name that you can bring in here right now that's going to make any sort of impact immediately. There are none of those guys out there right now. You know, I think people, no, people might say Jay Ajayi. Possibly, but is he going to come here you know, for a minimum contract? Probably and not. knowing And also realizing that his time to play is very limited. I mean, this is not something where Barkley's out for the year and it can be like almost like a show-me contract where after 11 weeks he puts up good numbers and has more of a market value again. He's coming into play one week, maybe two. That's doing nothing to his quan. So why would he come here? Yeah, it, I, I agree with you. Um, on the On the other side of things... Um, New England has one player officially ruled out, and that's Philip Dorsett. The good news is... Um, it's only four quarters. <laughs> that we get it out of the way on Thursday and can just you know spend our weekend doing something else. <laughs> no, um, the good news is that it looks like our, our woes at the inside linebacker position might be over. Uh, Al Gogletree and Tay Davis both uh, fully practiced... On Wednesday, they have not been ruled in any manner for the game yet. So uh, I'm assuming that we're going to see at least one of those two play. I would think Davis. If Davis practiced fully coming off a concussion, then he, he's playing. I can't see why they would pull him out at this point. Um, hey, Grump, going back for a second, Grump, we ever really talked about this. What is your position on these Thursday night games? Just Do you get any entertainment value enough to have these and causing such disruptions to the to the schedule and so much disruption to preparation time and everything. Do you? Well, okay. So we, we just assume, say the hell with it and just go back to, you know, Sunday and Monday night games. Well, I don't feel strongly enough about, all right, all right we'll, we'll unpack this a little bit. The, the people who get the most entertainment out of this are people who are watching for their team. And the reason being is that the NFL did a good job of making sure that most of these are division games. Not all of the, uh, of course, not the one that we're fucking talking about to, to perfectly illustrate my point, but but most of these are division games. Um, yeah. So that adds a little bit of hype to this. I mean, uh, last year, last year, the Giants played Thursday night at home against the Eagles, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, this feels like a rivalry game anyway, just because of those two Super Bowls. So, yeah, they're I, not I can't, division games. They're... I'm, not, I'm not sure if that was intentional, though. That's why I didn't mention it, but. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I mean, they, so the people who are watching are ready for this game. They need this game. It's important. Um, I I enjoy the fact that football gets started before the weekend. I don't love it so much that we need to keep it. But I have said, I think since the beginning, that if, if you're going to do this, this Thursday night game, it should be mandated and somehow factored in that whatever two teams play on Thursday should be teams coming off a bye. Period. I don't. I mean, it doesn't have to be every week that there's a Thursday night game. You know, it could just be during that middle part of the season. I don't you tell that. You tell that to the TV networks. And you tell that to the NFL. They're well, I mean, if, if they're making money, then my opinion doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're, they're not taking away revenue for for. Well, the NFL can do whatever it wants. Right, but they're they're also in it to make maximize their revenue as much as they can. Right. Again. The, the biggest thing that the NFL loses by, by having this, and I'm being serious, is a, a, a poor product. And when there is a short turnaround, and – okay, Giants fans, 
Patriots fans, they're going to watch this game, right? Mm-hmm. Do, does the national audience give a shit about this game with Barkley not playing? Uh, yes, for two reasons. One, people watch the Patriots because they hate them. And two, gamblers can't wait to start gambling on Thursday. Okay. So – And remember – So wait, wait, wait. wait. Just, just so we're clear. If this were Giants-Eagles, this would have for one reason – because gamblers can't wait to gamble? Well, you have two of the six biggest markets represented in that game, Giants and Eagles. Okay. I mean, it, it, let, let's look at something like if this was Cincinnati and Tennessee, does anybody care about it other than the gamblers? You know, just people who are excited to see AJ Green or you know whatever. Yeah, that's not moving. The but that's what, what I'm. What I'm saying is that star power, a, a watchable product, an entertaining product, will help. Any anytime it's national TV, I think Odell Beckham had a a really good point when he said that the Giants were playing in prime time somewhat because of him. I I, I will not say a hundred percent, and the Giants are an organization that has a national audience anyway. But there is cause to believe that they were on primetime because they have a guy that people like to watch. People. Not just Giants fans around the country, but people. Do you think, do you think Saquon Barkley is a bigger star than Tom Brady? I'm, I'm not saying that. I, the, the point I'm really illustrating is that Barkley is a guy who is simply not playing because of injury, because of the timing of this, potentially, there's a chance that he plays if this game is on Sunday, right? That's that, that's all I'm saying. Is what I'm saying is when you have a short week and you have teams not coming off a bye, you end up. First of all, when you have teams not coming off a bye, they don't have the time to game plan. These these games end up looking sloppy often. That's that to me is the bigger thing because well, first, then, but I mean it's all it's all part of the same thing for me. You know, you get an unwatchable product whether it's due to star players not playing because of injury or not enough time to game plan, and you just have this fucking mess on the field. Well, the third thing too is you don't have enough recovery time from the last week either. Yeah, I mean these guys, you know, supposedly we're testing for you know HGH and and things that we can recover faster, like in the old days. So if that's the case, and they're truly not doing these drugs, which that's for another day. Yeah. The recovery time from, you know, you're completely shot on Monday. 60 minutes of getting the shit kicked out of you. Right. You don't do anything on Monday. Tuesday might be a light workout. Wednesday, all of a sudden, you're doing walkthroughs for Thursday. So where do you actually get a week of real on-the-field preparation? And that's kind of why you're seeing, like you said. You know, Just sloppy. I mean, look, it's taken about a month to get the NFL into groove as it is because the preseason is now basically flag football yeah yeah I, I that's why if you want to do this doing it right is to it, it, you want to make a big spectacle out of it for, for TV fine I'm okay with that that's fine but set it up so that it's actually watchable I mean what we've seen in some of these is a glorified AAF game Sometimes, I mean, where you just like, oh my god, nobody's blocking. This guy came in untouched. This guy's wide open, deep. I mean, well, it's not, not even that. It's it's the twenty five penalties. I mean, well, there's that too. Yeah, there's the holds, and there's just like the indication of that you're tired or not prepared. You know, there's the laziness of like a lot of these holds or illegal contact downfield or pass interference. A lot of that too. There's just 
physically ready or just been out they've been beat because they haven't been game planned well now you know football has you know is, is the biggest sports market and they own sunday but they don't own thursday not during mlb playoffs and there are people who like hockey a lot you know certainly not but but i mean if, if this is a national game and nobody gives a shit about it and there's flags thrown every 30 seconds are you more likely to watch cincinnati versus baltimore or are you more likely to watch the Tampa Bay Lightning? Or how about like a good college game? I mean, I think on Thursday. I think yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the the schedule of college games on Thursday is not as good as it was ten years ago. But you know, you have the potential that a Clemson might play on a Thursday, or a Florida State, or or Virginia Tech, who always plays on Thursday. I would rather watch Clemson beat the shit out of a cupcake cupcake school than a professional game that is just laden with flags that has no implications on my division yeah, personally speaking I'm with you yeah so I I, am, am I am I for Thursday Night Football sure I'm for it um, am I vehemently for it no I don't really care. if they were to get rid of it would I bat an eye not really but if they were to modify it so that what I'm watching on Thursday isn't you know JV NFL I, that would be ideal I think. So it's not appointment TV for you. I'm sorry? So it's not appointment TV for you. No, man. I mean, honestly, I'd rather play video games than watch a Thursday night game that has no implications on division. And I'm not not lying. I mean, why? I I only have so much time in the fucking day to do what I want. Uh, I love (laughs) football, but if what I'm watching is a pain in the ass, then why? Why waste my time? You're very – the grump is a very important person. He's got a lot of things to do. I've, he's not. He's not fucking around on listen, garbage. Listen, man. We were recording this podcast on Wednesday night. I literally just walked in the door and started doing this. So, I, I'm in a million places at once. <laughs> You're a mover and a shaker, my man. Yeah. Um. So you know, we, I want to get into some headlines in a, in a, in a minute, but real quick about this game. You know, I don't have high expectations. What my best hopes are for this game is that I see continued improvement. You know, when we, we look at what we have on the offense right now, it looks like we have a, a fully staffed offensive line. You know, this is our full strength offensive line. We have Daniel Jones. I'd like to see what he's able to do, what he's able to dissect, how he's able to progress. If he looks like shit, that's fine. But if he's actually able to impress me with some things, that's great. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something out of him. See what he's able to do with little. Because he's not going to have a full roster around him for every game. So I want to see what he's able to do with horse shit around him. Talk about pissing in the wind, though. I mean, this is not a home game for Daniel Jones. This isn't an away game where he's going to be 40% Giant fans. They are going into you know, a very tough environment to play against – you know. One of the best defenses he'll face all year. I and mean, the Patriots defense is really, really good this year. Really good. So, yeah. So it's kind of like not having all of his weapons is one of those games where, you know, you're going to get some adversity and this is going to help in your development. But it may look really, really bad Thursday night. That's fine. And what I'm saying is that it might be as little as a handful of plays that I've seen at him. Like, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. – they don't have to even be strung together. Um, you know, defensively, if we're looking at our two inside linebackers being back, defensively we're fairly healthy. Otherwise, I mean, it's it's a it's a fucking shame about Ryan Connolly, but you just got to soldier on and move on. The defensive backfield is healthy. Um, you know, our our linebackers 
you know, for the most part, Lorenzo Carter looks like he might be playing. Ogletree, I've already said. Tay Davis, they should be playing. Our defensive line, by the way, has been quietly playing really, really, really well. Um, They're starting to get more and more pressure each yeah. week. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not talking about those edge rushers like Marcus Golden and Lorenzo Carter. I'm talking about those interior guards. Dalvin Tomlinson is playing outstanding. Dexter Lawrence is getting more and more snaps every week and generating pressure up the middle. And, mm-hmm. you know, B.J. Hill, th- th- these these guys aren't flashing the way we would expect through numbers, but they are generating more and more pressure. Um, yeah. They don't have to be the ones carrying the heavy load, too, because we have guys on the outside mm-hmm. who can provide the pressure, too. So, Yeah, and again, that's one of those positions that we talk about the Giants needing to address in the coming years is that edge position. You know, Marcus Golden's on a one-year deal. Lorenzo Carter, you know, can't do everything himself. And other than that, there's not a whole lot. So, yeah, you know, this is one of those things where if we can see that the interior pressure is being brought, then, okay, we've got ourselves a nice solid core. Let's go out and get ourselves some weapons for the edge. You know, it's... What I'm looking for defensively is how much can we actually slow down Tom Brady? You know, are we able to keep this game manageable you know i would be okay seeing a little bit of what i saw against minnesota in terms of in terms of score um if we can actually hold new england to around 28 30 points i would be happy and the reason is is because i imagine the defense is going to be on the field for 40 minutes 40 to 45 minutes um do you see the potential of belichick just running the score up on this team yeah, like Brady, Brady, Brady playing into the fourth quarter when the game's w- well at hand and no, still well, just picking us apart. I don't see that. I could see him pulling Brady and but continuing to execute his game plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't expect him to risk Tom Brady getting injured. But you know, if that means if, if the game plan is to throw downfield on our secondary, then I expect his backup to throw downfield, and I mm-hmm. applaud that because I, I. I I can't go back on it now. I've said a million times. When you have a game plan, you stick to it. You don't start playing safe ever, ever. Well, you know something. The next play could be your starting quarterback's last play of the year. But what and I'm saying is your needs, game that plan. Guy needs to be ready to play. Your game plan. But well, there's that. But it's also you don't suddenly. You know when you say you know they have a really good run defense. We should be throwing downfield where they're weak. You know whatever. You don't just start running because you're up. You're just handing it to them. You don't let them crawl back in this game. You keep – it doesn't have to be scoring but gaining yards, sustaining drives. It, it's it's just it, – and if you're scoring points, then good. You're, you're digging them a deeper hole. I, I don't give a fuck. Uh, run up the score. Fine. Whatever. You know, no, if you I mean, want to pull I, your starters to, to keep them safe because the game is getting out of hand, sure. That makes sense to me because you can always yeah. put starters back in if need be, but – but suddenly running the ball in the third quarter because you're up by two scores is one of those mistakes that I see coaches make. I don't see that happening. Not I was thinking the I was thinking the opposite. Like four minutes left, they're up thirty eight ten, and all of a sudden they're throwing bombs. Yeah, no. And what I'm saying is, yeah, I could see that, and I would applaud it. I, w- I don't think there's anything dirty or cheap or no, unsportsmanlike. No, no. I I wasn't saying it was dirty or anything. I'm just saying, you know. There are some wounds that Belichick has to still lick from, you know, a couple of Super Bowls and things, and he doesn't forget. So, sure, I'm saying just look out for something like that as a storyline of, you know, big bad Belichick running the score up. I mean, truthfully, if we lose by two scores or six scores, I don't give a shit. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's losing by 
less than two scores where I'm going to start feeling hurt. Like, ah, we had a shot. It's already ingrained in my head we're losing this game that I've already, it's already lost. Yeah. You know? We'll we'll, we'll hold off on the prediction for right now. I just want to talk about uh, two things. It's news today, Wednesday, that Dayon Buchanan was released. Um, the thinking being that Tampa Bay would get a better compensatory pick for him. Obviously, the connection was drawn to James Betcher, whom he played for as a first-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, you can connect the dots and say it's a position of need, and uh, you know, you probably. How would it work if he was just cut? We pick him up for what? Just the. I believe he. he does he have to go through waivers? I uh, I would have, I would think so. I mean, we still have like what? But it's also seventh it's pick also or something. Sixth pick is it also in reverse order based upon? Is it based upon last year or is it based upon your record this year? I believe we're kind of like it's based an, on the draft order from last year. Oh, I thought I thought it was kind of like based on what your record is for this year. If that's the case, we're kind of in the middle of the pack. Yeah, as far as this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, regardless, you you put a claim in. Are you offering him anything? Uh, well, again, that's the same argument I had about uh, you know spending a- uh, assets to get a, a a running back. It's like, is he a guy that they look at and see as could be a f- potential future pick, or just a guy who's a a placeholder? If they see him as just a placeholder, no. If they think that could be a piece that we would have, you know, not just this year but going forward a couple of years and. Yeah, maybe. Could be an opportunity to, to steal a talent. Now, the question is, ultimately, why did they bail on him so quickly? I don't buy this compensatory draft stuff. That's nonsense. I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't think he's a bad player. And or, so, so my question for you is, at 27 years old, um, could you see him – maybe he's not a part of the future, but he's part of that little stopgap solution where he gets mm. – let's, let's say he gets a three-year deal with a, one of those like easy outs in that third year. Um, I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't cost us anything, right? We're not losing any compensatory picks or anything if we do sign him. I don't know. Perhaps. If the, an- if the answer is yes, then the, my answer is no. Okay. If there's no strings attached and – uh. Maybe you just signed him to something at the end of the year and he does enough to show that you want to bring him back. If he has a relationship with Betcher and he plays decently, maybe you consider him in your uh, in your future plans. I don't know. I would do a very serious investigation and find out why he was cut first. Yeah. Guys like that just don't get cut unless there's a reason. Yeah, and I wouldn't say Tampa Bay is like already out of it where they're like tanking Miami style. So. I- I still think there's just one thing missing, and I can't identify what it is yet for that team that could still potentially win a division. A brain for their quarterback? <laughs> well, that might be, but, you know, the, the two games that they lost, well, especially the, like, that giant game, it wasn't his fault they lost. No, it wasn't his fault. I, yeah. I meant, really, for him, it's consistency. Yeah. Um, And then I heard some... Really, really nonsensical thing <laughs> that uh, some teams put in a call inquiring about Eli Manning. Now, I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but 
putting in a call and asking is not that that's not necessarily a serious you know it's just doing due diligence i mean it's not even news in my opinion but yeah. i did see something today somebody reported one of the beat writers i think said that chicago was one of the the teams that did it and i just don't see you know why they would to be very honest and also why would eli wave his no trade to go to a team where when Trubisky comes back, he's not the starter anymore. You do that here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, again, that, that's the biggest thing is the no trade clause has to be waived. And I'm not saying he wouldn't do it for the right price, but that price is going to have to be higher than anyone wants to pay. His salary is already through the roof. Yeah, and, and Giants also, fans sitting here complaining about how much we're paying him think that another team that we're going to be able to pass that off on somebody else is just silly to me. Also, we love Eli Manning, but uh, let's be brutally honest. You know, other than a diehard Giant fan and a diehard Eli subset of being a Giant fan, have you talked to anybody in the last three years that doesn't think Eli is washed? I mean, have you heard from one media one media member? who's not like basically on the Giants' payroll that doesn't think that Eli is washed, he doesn't have a, a value anymore out there, perceived or real. I mean the, so, best you'll, the best you'll hear is that, oh, I think he's got like you know maybe one good year left. It's like, yeah, in a system he's comfortable with. It's not the same thing going to a new place. If Tr- Trubisky and uh, Chase Daniel were both out for the year and they are screwed, like, they have to run the Wildcat every play right now. That's one thing because they still have a defense that's good enough that they could probably sneak into the playoffs. But because their starting quarterback, who's their quarterback, their franchise quarterback, I mean, whether you like him or not, he is, you know, is only out for a couple of weeks and their backup hasn't been that bad. It's been hurt a little bit, but they're not putting, they're not taking on $14 million in cap for the rest of the year for a guy who ultimately is going to ride the pine against. The same thing with us and our running backs. So. It makes good copy, you know. It trends. ESPN will take that and put it on their bottom line all day, but it just makes no sense to anybody. Uh yeah. I I I, I almost got annoyed when I saw it. I had to, yeah. to reel myself back and be like, "Why are you getting mad at this?" But there's no reason to get mad at it. It's just—it's just, just, like, just so annoying. It's annoying seeing somebody say it. And then it's annoying seeing other people get hopeful about it, and it's just, well, who's, just stop. who's hopeful? Well, I mean, I, mean, I guess I, I, there's Giants fans are just like, oh, I wonder what we could get for him. Like, who cares? Well, they're, well, they're assholes. I mean, I'm sorry, Giant fans out there. We, I love you guys listening for us, but you think, you know, there's a value for Eli Manning out there? You're nuts. <laughs> I mean, there really isn't. It, it's not even worth saying, like, well, if they're stupid enough to make that, yeah, whatever, fine. It, it's it's so stupid, it's dumb, and, and it just it just frustrates me when there's like more important thing. There's so much film to dissect, and and you know there's college players that people should be getting excited about entering the draft next year, and you know there's other teams, there's free agents that are going to be next year that you can you can watch and be excited about potentially hitting the market and joining your team. Like why why would this? Especially on a, on a on a team that's that's looking at an eight and eight at best season. You're talking about the Giants, yeah. Because the, I'll tell you why. There's two things. One, 
most fans are delusional. They think that their product is way better than it actually is, even when it's really good. So, you know, everything we have is a great asset. Everything they have is shit. We can, you know, we can snooker anybody into anything. It, and also, most fans aren't going to take that next level. And, you know, most Giant fans, I would say 95% of them are not thinking about next year's draft and starting to review players. They're, they are, you know, and most NFL fans are like this. And most people aren't NFL fans. They will click on anything that involves a star name. You know, Ordo Beckham could fart in the parking lot. That could be a post and 50,000 people will click on it. Probably more. So you just throw the words Eli Manning trade bears. You know, bears are one of the six, seven most popular teams in the league. Eli is one of the highest profile names in the league, if not one of the best anymore. It's just going to draw attention to things. So never forget that the ESPNs of the world and these writers are still in the entertainment business as well and are trying to get engagement. And the fact we spent about five minutes talking about it means they've done their job. I, I guess. Um, all right, predictions for tomorrow night. Well, I'm hoping I'm going to find a bar in Bourbon Street tomorrow night that will have the sound on for baseball, not football. Because, quite frankly, I don't need to... I need to be tortured for three hours by hearing Buck and Aikman you know, filleting Tom Brady and just, you know, ripping on us. Uh, no need for that. Um, I guess my hopes and dreams for this game is nobody gets hurt. Mm, <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of feel, I kind of feel like this is a preseason game where I just hope nobody gets hurt. I mean, we're going to lose badly. You know, the only thing we can kind of hope for is that, you know, New England hasn't prepared either for us and, you know, they don't, maybe they're looking forward. I don't know. Fat chance. Uh, I I think this team I'd be ecstatic if we get in the end zone once. I'd be thrilled if we can get in field goal range a couple of times. Um but I see the potential for Brady putting up big, big, big numbers against this team. Um I'm gonna also factor in what I mentioned before, the Bill Belichick revenge seed that he has and I think he won't let up on the gas I look at this game to be like 41-10 and maybe that 7 points make the 10 comes late yeah I'm I'm thinking about 38-6 to six. I'm not even sure we get in the end zone um, no, this, I mean, this, this, this New England defense is playing lights out and it's it's funny because I challenge your average listener to name off the top of their head five players on this defense, and I'd be surprised if they could. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is a Belichick defense. They're they're playing. I mean, it, at Be- Be- Belichick will will eliminate your top two options all the time. It'll always come down to your third and fourth option mm-hmm. to beat him. We're playing without our four options. So our top two options are already our fifth and sixth. So those are being well, removed. So <laughs> I, want to say, I want to say something too, and I'm going to say this also on my other podcast, Mark and the Cranky Fan tonight. Just because you don't play anybody good, don't 
discount how good that team actually is. You know, a lot of people are like, well, the, you know, the, the Patriots haven't given up a point in, you know, three games or something. It's like, well, they played Miami and they played Washington or whatever. It's like, you have to do that against bad teams also to be impressive. You know, I think there's a little too much lately. It happens more in college and the NFL, but this, well, I'm discounting everything that this team has done just because of who they played. You know, if that was the case, you know, they, they you wouldn't have impressive stats anyway. So I, I, I think that this team really, really is good regardless, you know, on, on the defensive side, regardless of who they played. And don't be so quick to say, well, they played Miami. Because not everybody can shut their asses down, you know, completely like that. You have to have a good defense to do that, too. So I'm sticking with uh, 41-10. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm right there behind you. Um, again, I'm going to be looking for the little things in this game. Uh, not expecting a whole lot. Not going to be butt hurt if, if this game winds up the way I predict it. But we'll be upset if people get hurt. So yeah, let me ask you something just for spitballing for fun. What one thing has to happen for us to actually win this game? Um, well, like I said, the our defense is not hurt for the most part if Ogletree and Davis play. Um, what would have to happen is they would have to. They would have to continue to get pressure on Brady. I mean, he's not a real mobile guy. That means pressure up the middle, um, which they're they're okay at. They're, we're we're getting better week to week. Um, offensively, I don't know. I mean, it would take a. I would think that what you'd have to do is a short passing game that actually matriculates down the field, four to five yards on every play. Um, and then your occasional run up the middle. Basically what we saw with the Ben – everything that makes Giants fans groan, honestly. Because I don't think that Daniel Jones is going to be capable in this game of dropping back very often. Yeah. See, I, I think it's a combination of causing turnovers that either give, oh, well, us, that, fanta- yeah. either giving us fantastic field position or immediate points and just continued excellent play of our special teams like – we somehow get a punt return for a touchdown or, you know, we pin them inside the five yard line with a great punt or something. I mean, that's the only chance I see us winning is little fluky things. Besides if this offense is not going to be able to grind it out and have 10, 12 play drives and you know, multiple times to score 21 points to win, it's going to have to be those little things. And I think that's the only pathway that we'd have to win is something where, you know, a pick six happens a big special teams play happens, you know, a, a, a pick all the way back, something like that. I mean, <laughs> I don't see it happening, but that's the only possible way. Well, there's no way they're winning this game without winning all three stages of the game. Absolutely. So, well, that's it. I hope you guys enjoy what you do watch tomorrow. Hopefully, you know, it would be nice to, to see a close game, you know, that our, our, uh, Negative Nancy ass predictions don't come true, but uh, it's the way it is. I mean, we don't like to say it, but you know, this is the worst possible matchup you can face. You're facing a a Super Bowl favorite team with not enough time to prepare against a team that's still trying to figure themselves out, going through a transition. So, 
Yeah. We will appreciate it in the future, games like this, when uh, the ship has been fully righted. Yeah. But in the meantime, when you're watching, you know, if you you can follow me for any bright spots that you do see, I am at football underscore grump on Twitter. If you're going to be in New Orleans this weekend, for whatever reason, and I'm not asking why, but if you're there, look me up. I'll be at some bar watching uh, the Giants and Patriots and the Rays and the Astros. So it would be a, you know, I, I, I think my dream scenario is to watching big games on Bourbon Street with a couple of hurricanes in my hand. So this this will be the opportunity. So um, if you want to know where I am, follow me at the Cranky Fan. And uh, we'll get through this week together, boys. That's right. So enjoy your enjoy your Sunday off, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah. we'll we'll talk to you early next week. All right. All right. Go Giants. Go Giants.